This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones with Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, as always, if you'd like more information about what you hear on our show today, please go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Lots of great information on there. You can click on the radio page to listen to this great show that Mr. Tony Shore and I do weekly. Um, You can download uh, the information on there. You can listen to us on Spotify, uh, as well as just uh, listen right off the website. And hopefully uh, what you hear on this show on a weekly basis is educational. I think we've got a great topic for you today. I was talking to Tony about this a little bit, and I think we're going to start talking and figuring out how uh, emotions and personality traits affect investment decisions. And um, this has been a big one this year with so much volatility. But before we start talking about that topic, let me bring Mr. Tony Shore in. How you doing, Tony? I am great. Thanks for asking. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you having me on the show once again, Nick. This is going to be a good one. Emotional investing. I just picture a guy yelling at uh, CNBC, stop going down or, you know, (laughs) getting crazy. I just think of Chris Farley investing when I think of emotional (laughs) investing. Uh, But that's not exactly what we're talking about. We're not talking about yelling at the stock ticker, are we? No, no, we're not. Although the the interesting thing, Tony, is, you know, um, gosh, for a a 12 or 13 year period after the last kind of financial crisis we had in 0809, the market basically went up. And so and up, we didn't have to up, talk that much about emotions no. or or how that affects our investing. And the reason why is because when things are good, people just don't pay as much attention, right? right? And um, so no news I remember is good back news then. when it comes to the <laughs> stock market, unless you, the you, news is, uh, and, and if the news is, hey, we hit the stock market hit another record high. Exactly. Record increase, yeah. And I remember, you know, back in 08, 09, when we had a huge, you know, drop in the markets, 40% or so, how many different companies were coming out with the emotional roller coaster slides that showed how people felt when the peaks and troughs hit at different investment times and all the different companies were trying to, you know, benefit and show you the the different ways that it affects people's emotions. But, you know, it's important. Uh, What I do every day when I sit down with, uh, with clients is, definitely related to that, even even no matter what the market's doing. And the reason for that is because, you know, most of the time when people amass a sum of money, they don't want to have to go back to work to uh, to have what they need. And right. so if they've got the great assets that they have been so prudent in saving, we've got to talk through that in many different emotional situations as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, there are emotions just if we back up a little bit, not just regarding markets and retirement investments, it's just finances in general. Uh, people get emotional about their money. As you know better than anyone, you've been doing this for years and you've been a financial advisor for a long time now and worked in the financial world. And people let their emotions dictate the decisions they make with their money. And that can be dangerous. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, but I know that you've been busy. Before we jump into that, 
Let's talk a minute about your book. You have a book that you uh, have there, and it's amazing. It's a really good guidebook, and you're going to be giving the, uh, some copies away on today's show, correct? We are, yeah. It's called The Knowledgeable Retiree, and it's a, a kind of a great uh, kind of synopsis of what I do with clients when they come in, um, you know, in the, in the first couple of meetings so that they can think through the different topics that they want to consider and what they should be talking to their advisor about. Sounds great. So uh, I would like to point out to our listeners, if they want a copy, uh, all they have to do is go to the website, right? JonesFinancialTalk.com. And I believe there's a form there they can fill out, a contact form. And we know the forms, when they come from that page, uh, we'll send you a copy of the book to the first 10 people that sign up there. And if anyone wants a complimentary consultation uh, at Jones & Associates and they mention the radio show or podcast, they will also get a copy of the book with the consultation. So uh, I think it's great. Now, why don't you, uh, I'll just let our listeners know once again, that website to contact Nick or to find out more about this or get a copy of the book, it's jonesfinancialtalk.com. Pretty easy, right, Nick? That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. Very easy to request it on there. I'd be happy to get that out to you listeners for sure. And, you know, it's, it's interesting when you think about investing and obviously emotions and personality traits. And so uh, things, when, when the market's volatile like it is and has been, these types of topics continue to come up. And I've read so many articles over the years about this. And it is, it is interesting when you're sitting down with people, how different people react. But, you know, a recent study that I read Uh, found that, you know, when researchers examine investor behavior, uh, even with differences in age, wealth, intelligence, and financial literacy, investment decisions actually come down to two main personality traits that we'll talk a little bit about today. And Tony, those are neuroticism and openness, if you can believe that. And and, um, this study was done uh, by the School of Economics in London. And so uh, what they did is they took about 3,300 investors that had an, that had an average of three and a half million in assets. Okay. And they asked them a series of questions to try to figure out a little bit more details about what personality traits actually led them to make their investment decisions. And so those two are the ones that are the most popular that, that lead us to make our decisions. And we'll discuss those a little bit more, uh, on the show. Excellent. Wow. Neurotic behavior. I, I mean, I've, you know, I've been accused of neurotic behavior from time to time. In fact, by you on the show. No. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's correct. You know, I mean, so neuroticism, right. That stands out as being a huge, huge personality trait, Tony and investors that are high in neuroticism are more pessimistic about the, uh, the average future stock returns and they assign a greater probability to a crash in the market. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that the study found in they are also uh, more pessimistic about the future economic growth, and they do expect higher inflation, um, especially in times like this. So keep building on the negativity that's out there um, leads them to start thinking about so different that's, things. We could call those people the glasses half full people, right? That's right. That's exactly right. And everybody's got a little of that in them. I totally get it and understand. And if you didn't, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be um, prudent about making right. investment decisions. Yeah, right? you need to be realistic, but you don't want to just double down on the negativity and use that to make uh, financial decisions. Uh, you don't want to get over emotional or overly negative, right? That's right. That's right. Um, and then the second one, Tony, that uh, they found was a uh, you know the the main other trait is openness and. 
you know, um, the reason for that is because with a direct relationship with risk tolerance, the more openness that you are, the more risk tolerance you typically have. Mm. And so, you know, along with those, those that are high in neuroticism, uh, people that uh, are low on openness tend to invest less in equities. And so if you're open to learning what more people are doing, you're typically willing to take a few more risks. Hmm. Interesting. That's true. So uh, you're a little bit uh, more willing to take some risk to get that growth and be open to try different things. Uh, I think that's that's interesting. And, uh, you know, I see positives and negatives with both types. Yep. Nick? And this the, the second one with openness can be a little scary, actually, from time to time because of the the whole FOMO approach, the fear of missing out, fear right? Of missing Most out. people that are open are willing to take things like what they read on social media or what they hear from their friends and trust the fact that that's exactly what they should do themselves. Um, and so that can lead to um, taking some unnecessary risks and things like cryptocurrency. Oh yeah. Uh, for instance, you know, that's been a hot topic. Really in the last high risk years. things that may not work out so well. Sure. And like I said, it's totally natural yeah. to think through all these different emotions um, about about how you're going to actually change you know, your investments. If you're interested, the other three um, personality traits out of the big five that were looked at were um, being an extrovert, being agreeable, and then being conscientious. Sure. And th- those other than you know, being open and uh, having erotic behavior are the things that typically lead people to make their investment decisions, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually emotions that do it. It's not just based on fact or, um, really a neutral position. Uh, what am I trying to say here? It's not objective. They're not making objective, neutral decisions. Uh, they're allowing emotions and we're all guilty of it, right? We're not picking on anyone out there. All of us are guilty of letting our emotions, uh, dictate financial decisions at what one point or another, but it just, you want to try to avoid it as much as possible when you're dealing with your retirement funds or your, you know, the money you want to leave for your children, you you don't want to squander that, right? Well, exactly. And I've, you know, on a regular basis, when I sit down with clients, there are many different things that come up that really affect the emotions. I mean, if they're going through a divorce, for instance, um, and are looking to need to raise some capital in order to, to make that divorce complete, uh, that, that can lead to some serious um, pressure on your portfolio if you don't make the right decision at the right time. And same with, same with those emotional things about kids, right. And, right. Or, or buying cars and different, different things. Now, the crazy thing is nobody knows how long they're going to live. And so you should just enjoy the money that you have, but you got to be prudent in the way you do it. And so the best way that I have found to do that, even for myself is to remove myself from that specific situation and talk to somebody else. It's just being black and white and telling you from a statistical analysis portion of it, like, what does it actually mean? Right. I mean, a lot of people look at me. A financial advisor. That's what you do for your clients, right? If you can just be black and white with the numbers and take the emotion away with it, most people look at me and they already know what the answer is that they're going to gravitate towards. Sure. Right. So what, what you do is you can look at it objectively uh, as an outside party, you don't have that emotional attachment to their money like they do, which allows you to look at it black and white and do the math and say, okay, strategically and mathematically, this is what makes sense for your personal situation, right? Exactly and, correct. And when and you're talking about those different 
personality types or emotional traits, I should say. Uh, to me, it's like, oh, yeah, we've talked about this before in a different sense. And really, what you're talking about is risk tolerance. A lot of that is how much actual risk tolerance they have as an individual. Some people are very tolerant of risk and they're like, yeah, cryptocurrency. And some people are less tolerant. Uh, some people are so frugal, they don't want to put one cent at risk. So they're putting it under the mattress, right? Uh, That's exactly correct. But then they're not taking into account actual risk. So they're letting their emotions dictate that, but they're losing money by not having any growth too. So, um, yeah, that's the, uh, that's interesting. I, I think it's and, fascinating. And you know, what happens economically in the different markets that we go through as we live obviously changes the way that we feel and what personality traits come out. Like today, for instance, interest rates are incredibly high. And as a result of that, you can get some very short term guaranteed solutions that pay a very nice rate of return that historically um, are just a little bit below what the market has done. But if you if you don't act um, prudently and you act emotionally and you decide to move most of your assets into something like that, what happens a year from now when the rates start going back down or right. two years from now when the rates start going back down, you're going to be in a situation where now you've added insult to injury because it's going to be really difficult to get back in. And there's not just talking about investment specifically, there's lots of other things that are tied to, you know, emotions around money that we need to think through and talk about. We've talked a lot on our show about enhanced planning, for instance, Tony. And, you know, recently my wife and I went and updated our own enhanced planning trust documents. And it's, um, it's painful to go through. It's difficult to think about. Nobody wants to think about what happens when they pass away. Um, but if you're not willing to go through the exercise and try to remove as many of the motions as possible, then you're not going to set yourself, your state, your heirs, or anybody that you love up for success. Right. You know, and so that's a, that's a huge part of it. Uh, I, you know, we, we, we talk to our, a lot of our clients about life insurance and different insurance options and gosh, it's not easy to think through life insurance. I mean, really the only way you get paid out is if you pass away, Yep. but what, what's it for, you know? And so you've got to be open-minded and try to remove some of those emotions when you're thinking about different, I would say not even investment decisions, but just decisions about money in general. Yeah. Good point. Well, you know what, uh, Nick, we need to take a quick break here, but before we do, uh, let's give away a few copies, uh, a few more copies of the book. Uh, tell us about the book and how our listeners can get a hold of it. Definitely. So it's called the knowledgeable retiree. Tony and I have done many segments um, on the the different chapters that are in the book, but it is a very well-rounded kind of very short read. Uh, I'd love for you to go on our website and request a copy right now. You can do that at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Plenty of them available to send out to you guys. Yeah, I, I love that you put wrote this book for, uh, it's a guidebook and our listeners will find it very informative, very helpful. Again, go to jonesfinancialtalk.com and we'll be right back with more of Jones Financial Talk right after this. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions at 541-773-9567 or visit jonesfinancialtalk.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. 
Well, welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. Once again, listeners, this is Nick Jones, and I have my good friend and co-host, Mr. Tony Shore, on with us today. We've been talking a lot about client emotions and personality traits and how that affects not not only the investments that we decide to utilize, but also uh, money in general. And other than family and health, money is probably one of the most important things to people. Uh, definitely comes up in topics uh, most often. Yep. And so let's finish that conversation uh, now, Tony. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, we're talking about emotions today. I've, I've teared up a couple of times, Nick. I, I've been so emotionally moved by the show on emotions that, uh, no, I know. All right. I'm Stop kidding. it. Stop it. Yep. So uh, this has been good. We talked about uh, the different kinds of emotions that affect people's uh, attitudes and, and decisions when it comes to investing. And when there's market volatility, like we see now, I mean, wow, you know, 2022 was down. This year has been uh, jumping around. Uh, the market's been really volatile up and down. So uh, what do you think? I mean, obviously, the when the markets go up and down like that, what it's showing is a lot of people are making emotional investing decisions, and that's what's making that happen, right? Well, and that's that's the important thing maybe to remember here. You are correct. I mean, when you think about traits um, and investing, you know, a lot of people look at entertainment and their social, you know, connections um, for reasoning, right? And some investors like to treat stocks like gambling and share information with their friends. And they use different investments during different times, depending on how their friends are reacting to it, what they're reading and what they're hearing. And so you just got to be careful of that. Uh, you know, the whole, the old adage of just stay the course, um, you know, is probably extremely frustrating to investors when they go through the market that they just did. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, and you know, if you're calling your advisor and that's all they're saying, then, you know, maybe you need to sit down with somebody else. If you're not actively yeah. sitting down with them and they're actually hearing you out, listening to what you have to say, um, and give you some suggestions. And that's, that's a, a red flag there because every single time the market's volatile, there's a different option that could be available to consider. And right. you know, Tony, with, with our investing style, um, we don't charge commissions, um, for any type of changes that we make to the portfolio. And so when we make a change or suggest change to the portfolio, yes, there's many other things that we need to take into account, but one of them is what's available today that's in the best interest of my client that maybe wasn't available three months, six months, a year ago. And there's lots of those things out there for sure um, that people should be considering. Yeah. I mean, after, 20, after COVID, 2022, uh, the bank crisis, inflation, rising interest rates, you call your advisor and he says, stay the course that you've been on for years. Um, that's a problem. Uh, yep. There are adjustments and things that can be done. And sometimes you take advantage of down markets and there are things that can be done uh, to benefit you uh, during, you know, volatile times. Right. So people have to realize that uh, that's not always the answer. Now, sometimes stay the course is great. You know, if 2022 happens and halfway through the year, people are like, I want to pull everything out of the market and their advisor says stay the course might not be bad advice, but if that's all they have to tell you about it, right? there's more to it. And hopefully not all your money is in the market either. That's right. Yeah. You should have a very well diversified portfolio and, and be talking to somebody now. The interesting thing for me is, you know, most people have a lot of their their investment, 
you know, eggs in, in one basket and a retirement sure. plan and portfolio. And there's just not a lot of options inside most 401ks and most retirement planning that I see from, from individual investors. And so if the thought is this, how about if we just buy a mutual fund that is based on the year that I'm going to retire, a target date fund, and I'm just going to set it and forget it and hopefully it will take care of itself. Th- that would have worked when the market's going up, but when yeah. the market is going sideways or volatile or down, you got to look at other options. And so that that's that's the easiest thing for somebody in my position to help you with, Tony. When the market's been as volatile as it has, and I'm constantly fielding calls, and I ask people what they're invested in, I look, I just know that they don't have the great options that are available outside of some of their plans um, to be able to take advantage of times like this. Right. If they're like, well, I've been 60, 40 in bonds, my advisor or my neighbor or whoever's giving them advice says, yep, 60, 40, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, stay the course. You're fine. Don't make any changes. That's all you yep, need. Yep. And last year they would have been down on average about 16 to 17%, At even least, with those yeah. bonds, even with those bonds, yeah. the S and P 500, the broad stock market was down 19 and a half percent last year. Yep. The broad 30 year, uh, bond market, Okay, the Barclays Ag was down about 15. So if you had a blend of those, you still got absolutely hammered. And there's so many other options to utilize in a portfolio other than just the standard traditional investments yeah. like that. And if you work with an advisor, I, I mean, everybody's situation is different, but I know that, uh, you know, there are investment companies out there and investment firms and advisors like yourself who, you know, if the market's down 20 uh, and you lost 10, you're doing good. Uh, in 2022, right? Definitely. But would you rather lose 10% or 20%? That's the question you have to ask. Um, and, you know, I'm just using those as an example. Obviously, it varies and can be different. But as an example, y- yeah, you want to have actively managed money. You want to have balance between a number of different things. And the old 60-40 and you're good rule is, you know, that hasn't worked in a while. So, Well, and time horizon is such a big key to all of yeah, this. Yeah, because everybody's you know I mean? time horizon is different. So why totally. would you have the same ratio of investments uh, when your time horizon is completely different? If you sat down with your advisor for the first time 10 years ago or five years ago, and you're still invested the same way that you are today, do you think that really fits your goals? I mean, for some people it does. We do regular risk tolerance questionnaires to make sure that we're still in line with where our clients are invested, but it's mandatory for us to do that every two to three years. I'm shocked. I mean, some people are pretty similar than what they were before. And typically those are people that have a steady income and lots of assets and they're not really worried about them moving them around. But people that are either getting a little older, starting to retire sooner, um, needing a, a higher demand from their investment portfolio than what they had previously, always are moving their risk tolerance. And so if you're not talking about that, to be able to make sure that you're not invested in a position where the year before you retire, all your accounts go down 17%, um, you're doing a disservice to yourself. Yeah. And again, that brings us back to emotional investing, emotions, uh, taking control and uh, playing a part in decisions you make with your money. Any decision, not just, we're not just talking about investing in stocks and bonds. We're talking about any major monetary decision, emotions can come into play. And that is the benefit. And one of the biggest benefits of working with a financial planner, avoid financial mistakes by making emotional decisions, by having a third party who doesn't have that emotional attachment to your money. They're going to look at what's in your best interest 
And as a fiduciary, you have, you're obligated to do that. And you're, you're, you know, you're audited on the fact, did you do what's in your client's best interest? And so, and I know that's something you'd do anyway, uh, but that's what you do. And I think that's huge. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that very much, Tony. And, you know, there's so many other things that we can talk about built into client emotions uh, and ideas that your advisor should be giving to you, depending on your specific situation. So an example of that for me is, you know, changing people's thoughts traits, personality, emotions about debt in retirement. Ah. Because when you're in retirement, for instance, you're on a fixed income for most people typically. Right. Uh, one thing that you should be actively trying to do is what? Have more income, yes. right? And so the way that you can do that effectively throughout retirement is look at different debt instruments to see if that's something that you should be considering using. You know, maybe you maybe it would be beneficial to refi your house. And I don't do mortgages, but I help 30 or 40 clients refinance their homes in the lower rates in the last couple of years. Why? Because they're on a fixed income and that extra three, four, 500 bucks a month goes a long way. And so you got to be talking about those types of topics and make sure that you remove the emotions out of it. Most people that are retired, right, are in the situation where they're like, I don't want any more debt. I don't want to take any unnecessary risks. You know, I totally get it. And everybody's situation is different, but sometimes that's a very, very beneficial thing. I mean, We've talked about it on the show quite a bit. If you want to go out and buy a new car for $50,000, does it make sense to just take that out of your retirement account and pay the taxes and have to take 75000 out to get fifty? Or does it make sense to maybe get a car loan that's super cheap today still? Some yeah. of the local credit unions around here, 4 or 5%. Yeah. You can even get RV and boat loans for 6 and 7%. Wow. I mean, we need to think historically, what is that actually going to do to your investment portfolio if you just say, give me the money? And I'm going to use it. Um, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying there's always uh, two sides to every story. And you should definitely be talking about those types of things with your advisor. Yeah, you need to do what's going to make the best financial sense in the long run. And again, that's where you come in and can look at the big picture and say, no, you'd be better off getting a, a lower interest loan for this rather than uh, sacrificing all that compounding interest you're making uh, or going to make or, the, you know, sacrifice being part of the upside when the market swings back. So yeah, you have to take all these things into consideration. You know what though? We're out of time today. Just flew by. I can't believe it. Before we go, is there anything else you want to add for our listeners, Nick? Sure thing, Tony. If you would like a copy of that book or to listen to any of the great content that Mr. Shore and I have on our, uh, on our show weekly, just go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Lots of great information on there and easy ways to request uh, more information or a copy of that book, The Knowledgeable Retiree. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541 541- Seven seven three nine five six seven, or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. 
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.